0: John Pigeon, my millennial property podcast host extraordinaire. Let's talk about buying an investment property in super. Now, you've got some experience in this yourself. Maybe you can share some motherhood statements because Joanne Hodge said, thoughts on using super to purchase a property.
1: Good question, Joanne. And uh, it's quite a common thought when people's superannuation isn't performing for them to the level that they expect. So they think let's go and set up a a self-managed super fund and go and buy a good old residential property. Mm. Not as easy as that, is it? There's a lot more rules and implications around buying in your self-managed super fund or a self-managed super fund. And the first one is lending, isn't it? It's a lot stricter in terms of uh, how much we can lend, how much we we have to put down as deposit. Often it's up to 30% and interest rates are generally a little bit higher. So that's a negative. But I suppose the high-level thought is, Do we want to be a savvy property investor in our personal name, as well as put our superannuation into property as well? It's like, all we've got in our life is property. So we probably Mm. need a little bit more diversification in that.
0: Now, in relation to your own experience with this, John, like you've got property in a self-managed super fund, but you've now thought, hang on, there's more to life than property. And you've actually started to diversify, right?
1: Yeah, correct. Uh, Probably going the other way and and building a a share portfolio within my super as opposed to um, property inside super, so yeah, I just thought there's too many restrictions inside super with property i mean the first one that comes to mind is we can 't use the equity from the property within the super, so we can 't expand on that and and we can 't improve we can 't use equity to to do a renovation as such so there's there 's many restrictions there, so I thought well it 's much easier to just concentrate on that outside of super and let superannuation do what it's designed to do, and that 's uh, Have a a balanced share portfolio?
0: Yeah. So, well, I think superannuation is designed to build wealth for your retirement, Um, not necessarily a balanced share portfolio, but I get what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, But let's um, (laughs) not to correct you, uh, (laughs) but I will. (laughs) But but I will, of course. Uh, Let's look at some actual examples. So, motherhood statement, you know, everyone is free to set up a self managed super fund. Like, you can set up a self managed super fund and just invest in direct equities. You can set up a self-managed super fund, invest 100% in Bitcoin. So the reasons why some people choose to set up a self-managed super fund is to have more exposure or a little bit more control. Because if we look at existing super funds, whether it's an industry fund or a retail fund, public offer fund, all that stuff, the trustee has a responsibility to make prudent investment decisions for the members. So you don't actually own your super, quote unquote, it falls outside of your estate and that money is invested in a trust and you are the beneficiary or a member with a, a portion of that money that's got your name on it. So that's number one. So, you know, you can't log into your current super fund and say, oh, can I invest 100% in in one equity, can I invest 100% in Bitcoin? The trustee will not allow that. Uh, so that's why you know, the trustees with a lot of funds, they're pretty conservative. So you might decide to set a self-managed super fund because you want more sex and violence with your super. But we know the, the stats say that when most people get their own mitts on their own money, they'll do less than just leaving it in a balanced portfolio. Like a, they'll have a worse return because, you know, you want to fix it and do better, and it just doesn't happen. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. anything less than $200,000 is worth having a self-managed super fund. Because just in the first year to set up the fund, it might cost $2,500 because you're going to need to get an accountant or a self-managed super fund uh, specialist to set up that fund on your behalf. There might also be at least $2,000 in the first year for the accounting fees, because you're setting up its own entity. And every entity in Australia with a tax file number needs to do a tax return each year. So there could be that there. Now, if you are wanting to buy a property with debt in a self-managed super fund, you need to enter into a, they call it a LRBA. And that is a limited recourse borrowing arrangement. um, And as you said, John, you will need a higher deposit than in your own name. You can actually get deposits now for around 20%. So you'll need to put up 20% of your own money, of the super's money rather uh, towards that property. So setting up the LRBA, you have to put the property in the name of a bear trust. So B-A-R-E, it's a trust there just to hold that property Uh, when there's the LRBA attached to it, the limited recourse borrowing arrangement, which is basically the mortgage. Now, that could cost a $2,000 fee to set up the bear trust. So realistically, in year one, just to rock up without buying any assets without a property, there could be $6,500 worth fees. Now, if you had a $200,000 balance, that's 3.25% in year one. If someone said, "Oh, my super fees this year were three point two five percent," you would go into orbit. Like you know, most people's super fund the fees are well under one percent. So, year two ongoing, if there was just an accountants fee and an audit fee, because all super funds need to be audited, that could be two thousand dollars. So that's one percent. So that's just before we talk about investing in ETFs with their fees, before buying a property and having interest fees for the mortgage before having a and a property manager and their fee. So just to rock up, realistically, I honestly think $200,000 has got to be the bare minimum of the total fund balance. Now, you can have up to six members of a self-managed super fund in Australia. Now, it could be John and I, we're business partners, kind of are, I guess. You could you would say that, wouldn't you, John? I'd say that, Glenn. A lot of people don't know that most of the talking that John and I do together is with a microphone with records. So. <laughs> <laughs> not, not hanging out on the boat. Not hanging out on the boat. Um, but if John and I were business partners and our spouses, you know, my quote-unquote spouse that I don't have, <laughs> the four of us could combine our super and if we each had $100,000 in our current super fund, we could put it into a fund and that would be $400,000. And if John had two adult kids, we could add them into the fund as well. And don't quote me on that. I'm not a super fund specialist, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, it's fine yeah. to have that arrangement. But the reason why John and I might have a super fund together as business partners, because we might have a trucking business and we want to buy a big warehouse with our super fund to keep the trucks and our business rents the warehouse from our super fund. Mm-hmm. So- That's kind of why you would do it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I think that makes sense to me from that perspective As I see a lot of business owners do that, uh, but it's indeed commercial property, not residential property um, because they do have that business. But uh, even on those establishment costs and bear trusts and annual fees, etc., I think that's even on the lean side. I've seen costs uh, almost double that in, in a lot of cases.
0: Yeah, and I think I have been conservative there. I've recently set up a self-managed super fund for myself and one of the quotes to establish the fund was well over $3,000 and I didn't go there, I went somewhere else. But these fees can add up quickly. Planning for your next trip?
1: Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.